Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, Rye. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Jason and Chuck. Today, uh, talking to Jason Hansen, who's former CIA and a uh, New York Times best-selling author. So, Jason, uh, g- give us a, uh, a quick background. Like, tell me about yourself a little bit here. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you the quick and dirty thirty-second version. Um, born and raised just outside of Washington D.C., only a few miles. So, you had every government agency in your backyard. And wanted to, you know, do something, Secret Service, CIA, FBI, all that. Very first job out of college was a police officer. And then I joined the agency. And I was with the agency for several places to work. People are awesome. And then I left the agency and started my own security. Nice. Now, what, uh, what kind of, uh, how did you get into the CIA? Like, how'd they even approach that or whatever? You just... Yeah, yeah, so that's a good question. So the myth is that everybody gets recruited. So you watch the Hollywood movies and, you know, somebody's getting recruited. In reality, 99.99% of us apply to the agency, which is what I did. I applied like everybody else. 1% get recruited, less than 1%. Those are the guys that speak 17 languages that are just beyond bright, beyond intelligent. So I was one of the 99% who applied. Went through the very rigorous process, took about 12 months with the background checks, the polygraph, the psychological, the physical, you know, the mountains of paperwork you had to fill out. I'm sure most of it's online these days. But, uh, yeah, I was one of the lucky ones who who made it through the process. Yeah, nice. No, that's because I, I think that's what, you know, a lot of people are always curious about with the, the CIA. You know, it's so uh, so mysterious and whatever, you know, it's one of those things that. So you kind of had a path. Now, did you uh, did you go to college beforehand, or I did? Or, yeah, no, I went to I college, college. So yeah, I, and then right after college is when I was a police officer. Shortly, then I joined the CIA. 
So it's kind of like the agency, you know, all the bunch of the guys that had college or you had some type of military experience that was typical. Mm-hmm. And I was the guy, one of the guys yeah. that just went to college with that experience. Gotcha. All right. So anyway, wanted to kind of jump right into it. So what I'm, I'm wondering about is, is traveling abroad, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever you go to, you know, a strange city, I know I've been to like New Orleans recently. And, and uh, when I was in the military, we went to all kinds of, you know, crazy places. Uh, Cause I was in the Navy. We, uh, you know, the ship kind of lands you anywhere and, you know, be in Haifa or, or Barcelona or, I don't know, uh, we've been to Poland and, you know, Norway and, and different things. But when you're in a strange place, you know, obviously you stand out, right? You're, and even, you know, if I go to New Orleans, I stand out, right? I mean, everybody knows, oh, that guy's a tourist. You know, I just kind of, you know, you carry yourself like that. You're just kind of unfamiliar and whatever. What, uh, typical things am I looking for? Like, like how am I being alert and, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, you're being alert, but what am I looking for? What am I looking out for? Yeah, funny as it sounds, I'm always observing, letting all the Americans kind of be my guinea pigs to go forward. So if there's some yeah. tourist trap, whatever it may be, let's just say you get off the boat or you get off wherever, you know, everybody's resting that tourist trap. I'm hanging behind. I'm observing. I'm seeing, okay, where are the pickpockets standing? You know, how are they running whatever scams are running? I mean, you mentioned Barcelona. In Barcelona, I don't know if it still mm-hmm. is used to be the pickpocket capital of the world. And, you know, it. I would go I've been to Barcelona and everything, observing, saying, okay, who are the guys who are the outfits who are going to distract where he's coming up from behind to snatch the and all that kind of stuff is I'm not being the first one to run in there and kind of thing. I'm, I'm scanning the whole surrounding. And then also, so I'm making friends. And what I mean by that, it's some kind of shop or whatever, you know, just go up and ask them and say, hey, listen, you know, what What are the dangerous places? Where are one of the places to avoid? That type of stuff. And nice. most people are going to be good and honest, but I'm not just taking that one person's word for it. So I may go ask in a general area, you know, small area, I may go ask three to five different people who I see locals and just say, hey, can you do me a favor? You know, I'm checking out this area. I'm, you know, obviously I'm not from around here. What are the places I should avoid? What should I go to? And if I have those three to five people tell me the same things, well, guess what? You know, I know that's not where I want to be. Of right. course, we're blessed right. to do a ton of information or we can find a ton of information on the Internet. So we can do a lot of the research ahead of time. Like, hey, where's the dangerous place in New Orleans? Where's the dangerous place and wherever you're going type of thing and find it out. But a lot of it is a friend of mine, former CIA also. is common sense on roids and i learned true right it's don't be an idiot don't walk around with, you know baseball cap that screams an american don't right. walk around with your necklace or all that kind of stuff so be as possible that is what you want to do when you're out and about no, I like it. And I like the the kind of hesitating. I think you can kind of see people who who also are observing and, and kind of moving into position, people that are maybe a little, you know, more nefarious out to kind of, like you said, grab your wallet or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. I know when I went to Venice, it was, it, it, again, in the Navy, it, I was shocked that like, it seemed like there were more Americans mm-hmm. there than uh, Italians. You know, it was just everybody's a tourist and that's just what they're there for. 
And it seems like such an opportunity for people with nefarious purposes to, uh, you know, take advantage of. And, and that's it when you're, you know, disoriented and, and whatever, I think it just opens up the, uh, the opportunity for, you know, people, cause you're, you're kind of distracted and uneasy as it is, you know, criminals case houses and they case people. So their sites look like a great place for a home invasion because they've got no security measures showing. It looks like it's going to be the path of least resistance. And they're doing the same thing with people. They're casing when they seal those tourists, Venice, you know, a beautiful place. I love Venice. When they seal those, they're like, all right, who, you know, who's going to be the easiest victim here? Who's not going to put up a fight? Who's got their head buried in their cell? Who's taking a picture you know, whatsoever, which of course most people are these days, which is why it's so easy. Because when they're casing all yeah. those people, if you're the one, one person who's actually in your phone texting, you'd be like, all right, that guy's looking around. Yeah. That guy would pick me up easily. I'm going to go through these 99 other knuckleheads who aren't paying attention whatsoever. So it's like it's shooting fish in right. the air not to be a victim these days. I, I hear you there. That's that's uh yeah, there's a funny meme I, I saw going around the Internet a little while ago and uh it was one of the old school uh, drawings, like uh, what is it, "Kill or Get Killed" by Applegate or whatever. One of those yeah, books has yep. drawings like that. I don't know if you're, you've ever seen it, but um, anyway, it's like Rex Applegate or something was the author, I think. But anyway, so the drawing uh, was, you know, it was like, oh, wait for the guy to be checking his Facebook and then come up behind him and stab him in the neck, you know? And you're like, oh, you know, it's like how to take out a sentry or something, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's so, you know, typical of society today, you know, as everybody's just like lost in their phone and completely oblivious to everything going on around them. I think that's it. I mean, it's really a big part of it is just being aware of what's going on with you right now. You know, I, I can't imagine... I mean, I know the world, everybody's in their phone, but I can't imagine, you know, spending the money to go to, you know, Venice or wherever, Ireland, whatever excites people. And then spending my time staring at my Facebook or whatever. I can't think that that's like, I understand people. Oh, I want to share this. I want to show other people like taking some pictures, but I don't care what, you know, is going on back home when I just spent, you know, six months or a year saving up to make this happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll say another um, thing that's no. big is, well, yeah. I'm just going to throw in one more quick thing, is planning. Yeah. So planning, obviously, if you're planning an intelligence operation, is much different than if you're just going for a weekend trip to New Orleans or Vegas or whatever. But still, you can do planning, especially overseas. Meaning, all right, what, what does this city look like? You know, where are the routes? Have a physical paper map, which you can buy, you know, online. You can buy anything online before you go. So no, like, hey, if I had to get out of the city, where are the roads? Where are the cho choke points? Um, where are the one-way streets? Where's all this and that? Again, not that you're going to go in that depth, but when an intelligence officer is casing a city, because everybody cases, when it's casing a city, they're going to say, okay, I know that, hey, traffic is bad here during this time. I know that this road this tunnel always backs up all this and that. So do a mild level of planning. That way, you know, hey, if I get in a cab and this cabbie starts going this way, well, he's taking me to murder me because my hotel's that way, which most people right. just get in the cab, bury their head down and be like, that cab could be taking them to Timbuktu right. and they have not a clue in the world. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I mean, I know, uh, again, back back to the military, that's just most of my overseas experience. Um, 
you know, we'd get in a cab, I, I know, like in Poland or something, and you're like, oh, take us to a bar. And they'd take us to like a whorehouse or something, you know, you'd be like, what? Like they clearly had a plan and agenda where, you know, being paid by somebody to take you somewhere. And all these sailors, they all, you know, whatever. And that's, yeah. I mean, definitely people are down even, you know, depending, maybe it's not as nefarious as, you know, as looking to kill or rob me, but still you're, you're have a different agenda. Um, how about uh, governments like dealing with like local police and whatever, you know, some places you have military walking around when you're around town, mm-hmm. stuff like that. What, uh, what should you be on the lookout for? Like, I mean, as far as, I mean, obviously every country is different, whatever, but yeah. what are some kind of standard go-tos that, you know, you want to avoid or what are so, you thinking? I'll be polite. Always have both American dollars and whatever the currency is of the place you're going. Uh, because you're, you're gonna probably have to bribe the police. I'll tell you how to bribe the police and how I've had to do it. Um, because, well, especially in Mexico, if you can bribe the police, because the vast majority of them are corrupt. Uh, but one time I was overseas, and without going into and a few police were surrounded. And first thing is, you know, always play the dumb American. Like if you're over a cop is doing a shakedown, always play the stupid American. So in my case. You know, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, officer. I'm so sorry. You know, I, I didn't realize. I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. And obviously, you don't mod of money and say, how much is it going to take? Right. Take to, you, right. Know, you don't want to insult them, even though. So all I, you know, all <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. I bet there's a fine to pay. How do I pay this fine? And those are the magic words. So in my right. case. How do I make it right? Right. Yeah. yeah. How right. do I pay this fine? How do you know? I bet there's a fine to pay for what I've done. And in my particular case, the officer said, it's $50 and you hand it to me right now. So I was, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you idiot, I would have paid you 10 times that amount. But I was like, oh my gosh, $50. I'm so sorry. Okay, here you go. Take it. Guy took the 50 bucks from me. I was on my way. All was well. So that's the most important thing is you got to have something to grease their palms with. I mean, the same thing as getting a watch, go to New York, get a Rolex, one of the fake Rolexes, obviously. And you'll be in situations where something goes down. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm so, so, so officer, you know, I bet there's a fine to pay. What do I do? And you'll see the guy glancing at that watch. And it'll be very obvious he's, he's glancing at that watch. And, you know, you say, oh, oh, you know, this watch, you know, I don't even like it. A friend gave it to me. We're no longer, you know, whatever story you want to make up. Right. Do you want, you know, do you want this watch? And they'll say, just shake their head. Yes. OK, here's here's this watch. You'd be on their way. Um, probably one of the funniest stories of a friend of mine is he was in Mexico, and I tell everybody don't go to Mexico, but this friend went to Mexico. I, I won't travel to Mexico. There's no <laughs> amount of money to get me to go. Yeah, but it this sounds great. Was there, and he was doing some of that Baja in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so he got stopped, and he's, he said he had this fancy, cool-looking Baja racing cap on, right, hat. And he says the police officer, he goes to the police officer like, hey, is there you know a fine to pay? You know, I have $100 in my wallet. I can pay this fine. And he says the cop keeps staring at his hat and the cop refuses the hundred dollar bill, which doesn't happen very often, but it happened in this case. Right. And he says, finally, since the cop has glanced at my hat so many times to say, would you like this hat? And he says, yes. So he hands the police officer the hat. Police officer does not take the hundred bucks, but he gets, you know, he's able to go on his way because he gave the police officer his hat. So you never know what it's going to take to bribe, but have stuff to bribe with. Right. No, I like that. Um, 
Yeah. So I saw you had a, uh, you got a website, you got, you wrote a bunch of books, right? You, Correct. You got yeah, a couple think, on there. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's 12 or 13, but yeah, several. You had, uh, had these playing cards. Um, I actually got an image for you um, up here. Uh, so like this and they're, they're survival playing cards. And uh, I know in the Navy and it was a little before my time, but we even had them when I was there, they, uh, they had the spotter cards. You know, and, and when you have playing cards where it have the different types of ships and planes that you might see while you're out on deployment and, sure. and that kind of thing. And that used to be the big thing was, you know, they'd give out those those decks of cards because the idea would be then you're a little more observant, a little more aware of what's going on. And I think that's a clever idea, you know, to have the little tricks. Um, so I was going through them and they all have different tricks and, and different stuff on there. That's awesome. Um, but you had, uh, you know, some that about dealing with going overseas and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So like you had uh, route analysis, avoiding kidnapping, um, stolen credit cards. Anyway, this one I wanted to touch on. Sure. You had, uh, you know, why to carry uh, stolen credit cards. And I guess yep. it's all about like a fake wallet. Tell me. Yeah. So it's, it's a toss wallet. So a toss wallet is, you know, if you're going overseas, you've got your real wallet, which is hopefully tucked inside your pants in the appendix position and some kind of travel belt. Right. So it's not easy to get to. If you got to pull out your passport, if you got to pull out your wallet, you're reaching inside your crotch, basically in that travel pouch. It's a hassle. That's where you keep your real stuff. But in your front pocket, right. you keep a toss wallet. And in this toss wallet, you can have 10 to 15 bucks. You can have some old credit cards, expired credit cards. You have whatever. But what a buddy of mine likes to do is he will get credit cards of his, call them, and say they're either lost or stolen. And then he puts them uh -huh. back in his toss wallet. That way, if some criminal picks it up and tries to run it, it'll be like, hey, this is a stolen credit card. So I'm not saying everybody's got to do that. But I would say right. is have some kind of toss wallet if you're going overseas nice. and you don't have a dummy wallet, because even though I'm very well trained in self-defense, of course, I want to deescalate. I want to avoid a confrontation. And if I can hand some guy my wallet and be on my way, I'm going to do it every day of the week. Now, if I hand some guy my wallet and it doesn't solve the problem, then I have no problem going hands on. But I would prefer can. And I think that's, that's another big thing is, you know, some people are kind of always like looking for a fight. Now one, especially in a strange place, you don't necessarily no. know everybody around or how that's going to play out Two, you know, one, you really never know the skill level of somebody. I mean, you know, you can, maybe if you're really astute at, at human behavior and observing people, you know, you can kind of pick out, like you said, the guy who's better trained or the guy who's not. Right. However, you know, by his kind of situational awareness or whatever, but you still kind of never know what you're walking into. And I feel like anytime you can de-escalate and, and, you know, move on without a confrontation is always <coughs> going to be a plus, you know, there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I, again, I very well trained self-defense. I run several self-defense training programs. I've trained thousands of people in it. But you never know if the other side is going to get lucky. Um, as I mentioned, right. my very first job out of college was a police officer. And it was just across the bridge, across Washington, D.C. And I remember telling the area, and they said, listen, you know, in the last 20 years, and I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, in the last 20 years or so, 
we've had one officer die in the line of duty. And he said what happened is he was chasing a suspect and the suspect had a gun and just pointed the gun behind his head and started shooting rounds as the suspect was running. And it hit the guy square in the head and killed him. I mean, it was wow. the, yeah. the, you know, world's luckiest right, shot. Yeah, the total right. million dollar shot. But still, you know, it ended up killing that that police officer. So you never know when somebody's going to get lucky if you have to go into a fight with them. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things and and I guess, you know, this kind of goes back to what you're saying about people getting lucky is people talk about, uh, I, I don't know, like you watch something like The Sopranos, right? So you have Tony Sopranos all out of shape and not somebody you'd expect, but then the kind of the brutality that people right. are, you know, the different levels of brutality. So if we're talking and I'm happy to smash my beer bottle right in your face in the middle of a conversation, it, it's hard to prepare and plan for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, yeah. I mean, you might be able again to pick up subtle cues or whatever, but the bottom line, you know, people aren't on guard a hundred percent of the time. And if somebody does something kind of completely irrational and unexpected, it's, possible to be caught off guard and just kind of walking into something that, you know, you don't know what you're getting into just sounds like a bad idea. You know, when you're doing it, when it can be avoided, obviously certain things can't be avoided. Um, now I don't know a lot of foreign governments, I think are, uh, suspect or, maybe reluctant with American tourists. Obviously everybody seems to like our money and like us to come over there and spend it. You know, I know I was in uh, Izmir, Turkey and uh, they, they just completely despised us. It was when, uh, when we were bombing uh, Kosovo and and former Mm -hmm. Yugoslavia there. And, uh, and they just couldn't stand Americans. Like, you know, you wouldn't believe. However, at the same time, they were all about, you know, Hey, come to my shop and and spend your money, you know, I'll I'll spit on you, but you know, it, you know, we, you can come take my money. And, uh, but a lot of governments, um, are kind of suspect of Americans. Um, I, I feel like the CIA maybe had a uh, hand in that and, uh, and they're kind of on guard with, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts there? I mean, every government's obviously spot on every government. I say, if you're traveling overseas, Yeah. You know, you know, expect to be spied on. Um, You know, if you're going to a place like France, expect as an American, expect for your hotel room to be broken into while you're not there and have a listening device or have them go through your stuff. So everybody thinks, wait, France, they're an ally. If you go to a, you know, typical American hotel, like some fancy hotel, they think everybody's a spy. All Americans are, which, of course, is not true. But, yeah, they're going to bug your hotel rooms. They're going to check your stuff which is why you don't want to have any important conversations in your room. You don't want to have, you don't want to leave anything important behind. And yes, when I go places, I'm not going to leave anything behind, but I still want to see if somebody's been in my room. So, you know, I'll do simple things like, I mean, it can be as simple as placing a pen at a certain angle on your suitcase or having the zippers be six inches or seven inches from where it is. I mean, just those teeny, teeny things, which they're not going to be able to put it back. Exactly. I don't care how good now, if, you know, you want to go really to make sure no matter what, because surveillance will come in and take a picture of your room to try and put it back exactly before they go in, okay. they take the picture kind of thing. But you can take a little piece of paper and put it in your door hinge and close the door on that piece of paper. 
you can say that, hey, that police piece of paper is 8.5 inches from the hinge. Well, when they open the door and that paper falls, one, they may not notice. And if you see it falling, you know somebody's been in your room. But if it falls, they have no idea where it was. So they could put it back, but you're going to pay attention. Like, hey, I knew I put it up here. Does it fall from right here when I open the door kind of thing? Uh, so right. be prepared wherever you travel that somebody's going to your room. Somebody's checking something. I mean, if you're going to China, you would be out of your mind to take any real electronics there. You'd be out of your mind to take a real computer or cell phone. Like you buy a or you buy a uh, whatever you need, a cell phone or an iPad for going overseas to China specifically. And then you dump that thing when you get home. Same thing with a phone or whatever. So most people are just too lazy to do this type of stuff. Right. But you're going to get compromised. You're going to have your identity stolen, your whatever stolen. So just be careful. That's that's uh, I, I know, you know, like when we we're in the military, uh, you know, they'd uh, kind of monitor phone calls and things like that, that were on base or intership mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And like even even as simple and this is back a long time ago, um, as simple as your emails or whatever. I mean, we basically, because of the operations we were doing, you didn't have like outside internet connection. I know it's a different world, I guess. Now, I don't know. I'm an old man. But uh, we'd bundle up all the emails and like send them out as a packet. But Mm -hmm. I could see everybody's emails or whatever before, you know, whatever. I'm like, and people were like, hey, you know, you don't need to share everything. You don't need to, you know, because it's all going to be seen. And I think we everybody has something in their mind that, well, it's not or there's too much information. They can't see it all. And I agree, you know, they maybe somebody's eyes aren't looking at everything, but you got to realize that anything can be accessible right. and, and kind of being aware of that and. I think that's people's reluctance, you know, to, you know, to do things is like, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know if I should, you know, worry about that stuff. I don't want to spend an extra hundred bucks on a burner phone or, you know, whatever, because, you know, so yeah, no, I'd I'd read, uh, there was a, a book and it was a pamphlet or something. And I don't know, you know, how accurate or where it came from, but it was like, clandestine operations manual of the CIA for like Latin America or South America and stuff. And it had like ridiculous amounts of kind of basically the whole starting an uprising kind of stuff seemed to be the theme of the, the whole manual was like kind of how to basically get people motivated to do, right. yeah. you know, to disrupt their own government or start a riot and kind of how to instigate it and then kind of walk away. <laughs> and I, I feel like when people think of the CIA, that they think of things like that, you know, they and, and I think that puts foreign governments, you know, a little more on guard and, and suspect of uh, tourists and whatever. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got the minds, we've got the the people, in the training. So, yeah, I mean, and again, every government in the world can do the same. I and mean, we we know right, Russia, right. of course, is right. doing disinformation, all the election stuff. Russia, I mean, the Chinese have more spies in this country than anybody else. I mean, it is obscene how easily we let the Chinese in here spy, especially in universities. Like if you're, you know, pick a university, there's probably multiple Chinese spies there. And the reason is China plays the long game. So, you know, as Americans, we have little patience. We want, it's basically, hey, what did you do for me yesterday type of thing. Right. But 
China will put somebody in as a 19-year-old college student and say, yeah, we'll wait 20 years and you're working at Microsoft or you're working for the department or you're working for Amazon or whatever. Just, yeah, you got to be careful because those countries, even though every country can do it, is those countries are everywhere in the U.S. trying to recruit people, trying to sabotage us, and they're playing the long game, which we're not. Right. I'm always amazed uh, that our podcast ends up getting a ton of downloads in China, like all the time. There's like, <laughs> it's like a ridiculously high amount. Like I, I would say every episode has like 40 or 50 downloads in China. And I'm like, the things we say, there's no way that your average citizen is down for, you know, listening to what we're saying, right. you know, in China, but. And it just, yeah, we, we always get a laugh out of that because it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. We, we bring up too many things and I, I absolutely am not the guy who should be going to China because we've said too many things, I'm <laughs> sure, uh, you know, just, just things, you know, that, that you, put you, you on the both, list, my you know, friend, you and me both. <laughs> That's it. That's the last place I should be visiting, you know? Yeah. No, not bad. Um, so yeah, now uh, tell me about uh, kidnapping. Like, uh, just more from uh, the uh, the the touristy kind of end of it. Like, what what am I worried about there? As far as like you know, getting in the wrong cab or coming out of a you know business or that kind of thing. You know, I you I looked again at your cards. There mm-hmm. was something about you know coming out of the casino is like, hey, this guy has money to throw away. Clearly, uh, you know, he might be a good target for that kind right. of thing and i know i've even been like I, I went to san antonio and they're like oh we're just grabbing people and getting kidnapped all the time um it, yeah it kind of made me reluctant to move there or whatever but what uh what would you be looking for what, what are you doing to try and avoid that situation remember two things that mom and dad always told us one don't go to bad places and two nothing good happens after midnight so don't go to bad places. Don't go to places where, where, you know, don't go to strip joints. Don't go to the bar and get completely hammered. Go to the casino. And if you win 50,000 bucks, awesome. But don't flat world and let everybody know you made 50,000 bucks. So stay out of places where the worlds are going to be. And then, of course, going back to nothing good happens after midnight. At 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, the, yeah. the criminals operate in dark. Intelligence officers operate in dark. Intelligence, you can do things and people don't see. That's the same thing that criminals do, right? So I am, when I, you know, going or whatever, where should I not be? Where should, you know, where do I need to be? What time do I need to be in? And then it also, you know, I keep, keep saying making friends, meaning hell. Talk to the, the people of the hotel because they know things. They know, and it doesn't look very good if, hey, I stayed at the hall. Holiday Inn and got murdered and kidnapped. They want to keep that type of thing. Right. Uh, so intelligence officers are very good at making friends, networking, you know, having people fall in love with them. So they'll come out and give them intel. So get intel and talk to people and they'll share with you a lot of, yeah, never go to this grocery store after midnight or whatever silly thing it might be. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Um, I mean, that's it. I think the locals definitely have a better, you know, handle on what's going on. And I think that's why 
you know, I find, you know, traveling concerning, you know, it's always something mm -hmm. where at least you need to be on a higher guard, you know, Absolutely. a little more aware and, and whatever. Um, again, looking at your cards and it's funny, I'd kind of heard and, and learned the same thing over the years. I had, I had worked with people, uh, we were dealing with uh, a lot of sex trafficking stuff when I was younger and, uh, you know, going and, and, and recovering people. And uh, they had, we did a lot of training beforehand on using foreign weapons. And when I was mm -hmm. reading your cards, I saw, you know, you talked about, you know, owning an AK-47 and things like that. And just being familiar with whatever, uh, you know, it was described to me as, you know, battlefield finds kind of thing. You know, you're, you're maybe not, you know, especially when we we're going into foreign countries, you're not bringing weapons in there. I mean, maybe at your level, they're bringing weapons in there. But I know at the, no the operations that I was dealing with, we weren't bringing weapons in there. So with that, it was, oh, look, you know, these old Berettas, a million people, you know, in other countries are using mm -hmm. them. And it's not something your average American is really familiar with anymore. You know, maybe a 60 year old, but you know, your average American's not playing with the old school Berettas that used to be everywhere in the eighties or whatever. And, you know, now I have, you know, I, I carry like a H and K and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody's got their different, you know, thing they like, right. Every American supposedly loves Glocks, right. That's the, <laughs> the answer I saw you had a video on that, but hey, uh, and I think for the I'm same, a, I'm a sour the same reason, guy. So, yeah i I was originally uh, hooked on Sig, but I got to say I carry a uh, VP9 SK, and I I think that's the greatest I mean, thing. Great I, it really, yeah. It really, I always tell people you need to find what you're going to carry. So one, if you're concealing it or whatever, you need to find something that's going to work with how you dress, how you are, the size of your hand, how you hold it, the right. gun that's right for you. And, you know, somebody who's six foot four and, you know, 300 pounds is going to probably have a different gun than a guy who's 130 and, you know, and, and five, five, you know, that that's it's going to work different for one hand or the other. And you just yep. kind of feel what's comfortable and right for you. Obviously you want something reliable. It's not going to jam, whatever meets the criteria. But once you hit a certain level, it's finding the right thing. Um, so anyway, battlefield finds, uh, tell me about that. Maybe uh, if you were working for the government, how, how does somebody go about maybe protecting themselves or, or finding ways to do that in a, in a foreign unknown place. What are you thinking? I'll give you a few answers there. I mean, one is you want to use the guns because you're talking about working for the government. You want to use the guns that the locals use. So I've got a, I own a lot of AR-15s. I love the AR-15. That's the rifle that I shoot the vast majority of the time. But like I said, I have AKs because you have to know the enemy's gun. And overseas, you don't want to walk around with an AR-15 and in because clearly you're American. So you know, whatever whatever weapon of choice was there. Um, but as far as if you had to get guns, I mean, there's black markets everywhere in the world and you can get guns anywhere. you. And I'll tell you, as, as I said earlier, stay out of bad places. If for some reason, I'm talking some crisis scenario, you needed to get a gun, you would go to the bad places I just told you to avoid. So one of the best right. places overseas is go to uh, tattoo parlors. 
go to tattoo parlors and looking for this and they'll know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy to be very careful. There's a very in-depth thing about, you know, that it would take me 10 years to explain. Careful. They're not going to rob you. They're not going to dump you. They're not going to take your money looking for bad things overseas, which hopefully you shouldn't be tattoo parlors. Right. All right. Good to know. Secret of the pros right there. Um, no, exactly. <laughs> that's that, that's the thing. I mean, just different stuff, right? Obviously, nobody's looking for trouble. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we just did an episode on, uh, you know, covert entry, and we were talking about, you know, scanning cards and, and different things like that. Right. And, you know, lock picking and, and things like that. There's not, uh, but I think uh, we're not definitely not in any way encouraging bad behavior. But on the flip side, if you're aware of how the world works and what people are doing, I feel like you can do such a better job protecting yourself and protecting your family. And, and, and honestly, I mean, you know, being, being knowledgeable and, and, you know, capable is, is a big thing. And people seem to, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, want to keep their head in the sand and uh, avoid, you know, any kind of reality because it's uncomfortable. I don't know. So basically where, uh, where can anybody, uh, find out more about you? They want to check out your book. They want to, uh, get some of these playing cards, learn some of the tips and tricks from a spy, um, all kinds of cool stuff. What, uh, where are they going and where's your YouTube and, and what are they finding out more here? Yeah. You can just go to spybriefinggear.com. If you go to spybriefinggear.com, they can see all the books they can see the playing card the youtube i put a ton of information there on all various topics that, and just go to youtube and do jason hansen plus cia and you can easily find my youtube channel gotcha yeah no i'll uh try and get it in the uh show notes here for both the podcast and uh you know in the uh the youtube and and all that give me a, a awesome. day or Thank so you. to get it worked out and uh yeah definitely happy to share it Cause that's awesome. No, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, giving me a little insight, a little knowledge, stuff I haven't heard before. And I, and I like that, you know, I always, I always get excited about having somebody where I, I don't want to waste my time. I want to have a takeaway, even if it's like a fiction audio book or whatever, mm-hmm. I want to come away like, Hey, I never thought of that. You know, even if it's a new way of thinking, sure. a new philosophy, a new something, I like having a takeaway and, and no, I appreciate it. You definitely uh, bring that to the table. So I appreciate it. Anyway, the rest of you guys, uh, if you like and subscribe, really helps out the channel. And uh, I appreciate your time. So uh, thanks. Have a great one. Mm-hmm.